Welcome to the Motor Cult Podcast, episode 76. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my guest, Ryan Tanitsky. Hello, sir. Your guest. Hi there. That's me. Oh, sorry, I'm the co-host. Guest. <laughs> sorry, I looked at the word guest, and you know how that goes. That's co-host, me. Ryan Tanitsky. Hi. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Guest, Scott Berger. Hi. Main Patreon patron. Yes. <laughs> Money bags. Yep. All right, beer first. I am doing Nordeast, just because it was the last one in the fridge, apparently, and it's delicious. I'm doing uh, Farm Girl. It is delicious. That is not a farm this girl. This is a farm girl. That is a coffee. This is a farm girl. Quit trying to bamboozle that, me. This is a farm That's girl. That's a farm girl. This is a farm girl. No, this is a farm girl. And Sorry, farm Jenna, girls I have are delicious. Mike turned down because it's facing completely away from you. Farm, farm girls are delicious because they are good summer beers. It is currently one degree below zero. It summer. Well, it was yeah. when we left the house. Now it's seven degrees above zero. Mm. Farm girl. It looks nice outside, but it isn't. I promise. <laughs> That's the thing with Minnesota. Uh, you know you're from like Minnesota when you look outside and you see it's like snowing and dark outside and you go, this is warm. And people go, why? I'm like, it heat, traps all the heat from like all the cars and <laughs> shit. Like, this is great. Like, all of our global warming is now a big, it's a big cozy blanket. It's great. My throat hurts. <laughs> <laughs> is that normal? So, Scott, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Farm Girl as well. Yes, you actually provided this. Well, in Eric's defense, he did open his Nordies before he knew there was Farm Girl in the fridge. So. That is true. I was, uh, I was drinking this when I was downstairs programming even more Philips Hue light bulbs. I'm That's almost good. there. I think I'm five away from having it all hued. We'll have, you'll have all your Philips Hues, and then we can start working on OBS and get that working. And yeah, maybe. Finally have a functioning Twitch stream. That I am hoping to today eight times an episode. we will be progressing in the right direction. It won't crash the entire time. And that will make my editing substantially easier. However, if you've noticed, we do not have a Ryan and Janicam. Because yeah. even though it's here plugged in and registered, it I'm says there are insufficient USB resources to power three webcams, which the old MSI did just fine. So, yeah. OBS is so great. It is actually a great app. I think it is an issue with the whatever USB controller is in this uh, Gigabyte Gaming AB350M motherboard. Mm, shame, thanks. shame, Gigabyte. Thanks, Gigabyte. This is why I use uh, Asus for everything. So. Well, yeah, but either That's way. That's an Acer, Ryan. No, Asus, all my stuff. This is yours, huh? So. so does OBS stand for something? You keep referring to it. Yeah. I don't think most people even know what you're talking about. It's open like broadcasting me. software. Uh, wow. It's used by a lot of game streamers, but basically it is our vessel that connects all of the uh, video and audio inputs of the streaming computer to a single piece of software that can allow us to live stream and record a video and audio file at the same time. <laughs> so, burger. Yeah. On a completely separate uh, note. What? Oh, there's two burgers. You're going to have to specify Eric. today. Okay. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> Scott, you got to go. <laughs> Sorry, um, man. <laughs> um, you are a fan of uh, Pusheen. I am a huge fan of Pusheen. So, Who uh, is an internet meme cat, for those of you listening, yes. that do not follow... An adorable Japanese. Which please go thing. follow Pusheen. Actually, Pusheen's American. Yeah, it started in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, did it? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. So Sanrio, which is what Pusheen's kind Hello of. Hello Kitty. Yeah, that's a Pusheen yeah, sort of the style that she's based off of. Uh, has a character that Jana loves named Gudetama, okay. who is a uh, egg. That's a sunny side up egg. An egg that hates life. Look at him. Is He's... he picking his nose or flipping us off? Flipping, flipping us, us off. off. I like that. I'm gonna hold that in front of this camera. Yes. 
And then if you look at the back, it's got a butt. Yeah, it's an egg with a butt. Stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid sexy. Is it you that sent me the Lego Flanders? No. Or was it Corey? I think it was Corey. Like, Legos never look good, and it was like a Ned Flanders in the ski suit Lego. He's like, how does it feel to be so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, let's move right on to guest topics. Um, we don't have them listed in the notes, but we still have to ask you the standard questions because you have yet to be on the podcast. And I've so, had a lot of time to think about this. Too. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you premeditated and brooded. Ex- except a lot of the answers uh, for the Modi challenge have already you, been taken. So. If you say a automatic LS, you're, off, you're actually off the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you say LS4, 4085, or 4080, we're going to have words. But anyway, the question number one, you already know it, but would you prefer have a slow car and drive it quickly or a fast car and drive it slowly? Well, the answer itself is obvious, a slow car fast. Um, and I have some experience from going from a very slow car and a Fiat <laughs> to the reasonably quick car, the 2002 911. Oh, yes. And I have to say for commuting purposes, in a lot of ways, the Fiat was more fun. Yeah, um, you actually to use it. Front wheel drive and on smaller. a commute doesn't really matter, so it's really how much can I bang through the gears and you know, lightweight. The Fiat still weighed six hundred pounds less than the nine eleven, so Yeah, but right now you've got the element which is basically well, for true. all intents and purposes front wheel drive, right? I mean it's got that rear diff, but oh, it, it, it never kicks really in ever. That's, yeah, that's not emphasized enough is that all wheel drive is like such a wide open array of different types of uh and I, yeah, I took the trains. I mean, it, it feels like a bad front wheel drive. I so. call that's actually considered active all wheel drive, where it's on if at any point it goes 100%, any single axle is called active all wheel drive. Because, mm. um, yeah. like, most all wheel drive systems are some form of active, mm. but usually when people refer no, to Ryan, that, it's called real time four wheel drive. <clears throat> Look at the back, gosh. Yeah, I know. What am I talking about? <laughs> But, like, um, yeah, no, Ford Escapes and stuff like that. Haldex. Yeah. Except the Haldex, I think, would be way better than, no, than the real-time. it's not. Well, it's it's just different, because the Haldex is an electronically controlled clutch, and it's a centrifugal, or viscous clutch right, in, yeah. in the element. It waits for the front wheels to start slipping, and then it gradually and right. mildly It works on slip. Back. If, yeah. if I had to use a, or if I had to own a car that had a active all-wheel drive system, I'd yes. take... Uh, the real-time four-wheel drive. And the reason being is that the real-time four-wheel drive will work indefinitely as opposed to the Haldex will fail indefinitely. Like I don't actually find a lot of reliability issues with Haldex, but the main issue with those I've systems seen... is they are... I mean, they, they do what they're intended for. It's to get you unstuck. It's yeah. not to make your car more competent driving around the roads. That's true. I I've... mean, it, it works really well for that, and I, I do kind of like it for that reason. However... I do feel like it's not worth the parasitic loss because I mean there is still parasitic loss even if the fluid coupling is not engaged because no, you're you still spinning weight. that ninety degree bevel drive for the drive shaft, still running through all the bearings on the drive shaft, still have all the bearings in the rear diff. You still have more complicated rear axle CV shafts, especially if it's cold out. You got the grease moving around, so it's yeah, all wheel drive, especially versus four wheel drive, is a slippery slope topic, and we don't need to get into that for this one question, but it. <laughs> But yes, even driving the element slow, or I guess fast, it's not fast. It's also got uh, missing a few end links, and it's... Uh... Yeah, it currently has no sway bars. Oh, oh, that must be a, a riot in corners. It was even better when it had the Douglas brand tires on it. 
Yeah, that was this one, wasn't it? Yes. And it starts to shake at about 85. Actually, I, I, so. I, I think a, a lot of the fun would be if you had really sticky tires and no inlinks. Like, you get 100% of the body roll. It'd be like driving a 2CV. So, autocross it with <laughs> some, like, RE71Rs on it? Yeah. Okay. Just, like, sticky and drive on the side of a wall. <laughs> I think it would roll over. I honestly do. I, I'm confident it would. Okay. Actually, so let's yeah, not Scott, do let, that, let's, let's not crash anymore. <laughs> We're going to... Slow car. Eric, Eric only has so many cars that you can put that element drive trains into <laughs> yeah i don't need a second one uh second one i actually don't have the list in front of me but let's go straight into the mondial or modial challenge so you already know the setup and to yep. save some time we're not going to go over it but what drivetrain would you pick so my my actual choice that you're going to veto is an ls4 Thank with you. the f40 transmission out of the late uh, already been picked G- g6 yep and so as my backup, I went uh, Fiero transmission with the 4.9 liter Cadillac high technology V8. Oh, that is such a garbage engine. Why would you <laughs> that pick that? That is a really, I, really creative, I era really, correct. Oh. I really wanted a V8, and there are just so few. I want the V8 sound. I don't care. I don't care how quick it is. Actually, but those are like 196 horsepower with the Alante intake manifold. It, uh, I read 200, 275 torque. But uh, but it's a straight bolt up to the Fiero transmission. I it is. I don't know if it's a four or five speed. But, but and to your defense, that speed. is an aluminum engine. Uh, people seem to like it on the Fiero forums. I did I a little mean, digging. It's. I mean, I think that is just because it is aluminum. It is dirt cheap, and yes. I mean, it does make two hundred horsepower, which is a huge step up from I, the three point like one I said, or I think whatever. The L4 I like is the, the right answer, but. I like the cre- I like the creativity of that answer. Yeah, I mean, I much prefer that garbage. And besides, like, engine. there's only so many combinations, and at some point, you might even have to retire this question because all the all the different choices are going to be taken. Ah, no, there's a lot of engines out there. We had somebody say a Peugeot 205 GTI engine, yes. or no, yes. actually, it was the bigger Peugeot with the GTI head, I think, on it. Or something. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was like the 2.1 liter. Richard that yeah, came up with that. Mr. Hot yeah, yeah mm-hmm. uh, Richard came up with like weird like. French, like, four-cylinder, yeah, like, Frankenstein build. Yeah. Okay, or, I've got the questions in front of me. I finally found them. They were buried way down there. The question number two was actually, what do you drive? We sort of covered that. So you have a Honda Element. Yeah, we're an all-manual family. Uh, between nice. me and my wife, we've got three manuals. She's got an E6530 rear drive. Uh, For those my, of you that don't know, that's 2004 to 2011 BMW 5 Series. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's actually our lowest mileage car, and that one's got 118,000 on it. <clears throat> the nice. element is 216, and my 911 is 139 on it. So. Wow, you have you put a lot of miles on the 911. Well, I used to commute to and from Rochester, actually both directions. So wow. with that car, which is why I didn't get the S2000 because I was doing a lot of highway miles. At the I time. do remember that car debate when you were actually mm-hmm. shopping for the 911. It was yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, then I, I don't think the S2000 has cruise control. Maybe it was optional, but like I don't. Well, think half the time do. my 911 doesn't anymore since the tune screwed everything up. I still think that's a sensor on the clutch pedal. But I pull it with my left foot sometimes. You know, what's I think is is funny is that the the 911 is the car I would choose as the car to use for driving over Mm -hmm. the S2000 as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's a better car. Well, as I say, it is a better car to drive and weirdly enough, the S2000 is appreciating faster and I would just want to jump off a bridge from the amount of money I'd be like just like throwing out the window from putting And the weirdest thing is the S2000 is not very reliable and it's really expensive to fix. Yeah, no, it's a a very weird It's a very un-Honda Honda. Honda. Yeah, it it doesn't really fit. Well, I mean, it's all sort of, you know, Are you talking the F-Series engine or the car overall? The the engines are really bad. It's the F-Series engine. That's how a lot of people put K-Series into them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're um, Honda Famously, they designed a car called the Honda 
1300S, which is a 1.3-liter air-cooled four-cylinder. Uh, with like, yeah. Was never, it based on a motorcycle engine? or was no, it? no, it was, it was separate. <laughs> it, was a, it, it made 100 horsepower per liter. Okay. But um, they said Poverty. this is the most... Um, uh, God, what is it? I forgot the term they used. It, 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 was, it was something along the lines of like... Oh, this is the most like uniquely engineered car we'll ever make. We'll never make one ever again. And apparently, when they made the S two thousand, they totally forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> where it's just like it was the same thing. It was like it like they just did all the performance, like the the final percentage, and then yeah. it was not Honda reliable. I mean, it it is a normally aspirated street car that is designed to cope with idiots that revs to nine thousand RPM. So I get it. But like a lot of the failures on those engines, they're not connecting rod or piston or crankshaft related. They're cylinder head. Yeah. So like, which is something Honda's typically very good at. Th- yeah, Honda can make a very reliable cylinder head that is owned and neglected by a consumer that will be reliable. So I'm not exactly sure why the F series is bad, but the 911, especially the the point two nine nine six, I think is. I mean, it's still a great choice even years later. It's it's a much uh, I mean, I, I personally don't care that much uh, looks-wise between the point one and the point two, but I think it's a more handsome car on the point two. Plus, you get the bigger engine. Yeah, I was originally going to get the point one just to get in at the lowest price point. Right. Because um, there's a lot of rear-drive early cars. Um, they became a lot more, like the 4S was introduced in 02. Okay, so that came with the point two. I actually didn't know that. Yes, it did in 2002 model year, and that was made actually through 05, weirdly enough. There was a... So overlapped with the uh, 997? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the 05 was only the C4S okay. convertible and the, maybe the turbo. <laughs> Interesting. So they kind of pulled a 3 Series where they keep the convertible a year later. Yeah, something like that. Because okay. the 997 was introduced in, for the 05 model year. But, okay. Um, but, I mean, your 911's actually been, I mean, you've done a lot with it other than just commuting highway miles. And it's actually mm-hmm. been very reliable mm-hmm. other than the fact that, obviously, consumables are fairly expensive. Mainly yeah, oil I've gone through a set of but, tires, but... Um, but you've really done isn't... you've done track days with it. Mm-hmm. You've done autocross now. Winter yep. driving. Yeah, winter and summer autocross. <laughs> you've called uh, lazy boy recliners. Yep. Yeah, I've got a roof rack. The it's RT- a very practical sport utility vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's an old enough car where you can buy everything that you need used. Yep. Which is yeah. nice. Like the roof rack I got used. The wheels I got for it are used. Uh, it's that's the perfect era for like and owning even, a Porsche. It's a driver. I mean, it yeah. just is. They're not going up in value, and I think it's worth a lot less than when I bought it. Partially because I put forty some thousand miles on it. But, <laughs> um, but you don't buy this as an investment. You, no. If you want the investment, you get the GT3. And it's I, the only nine nine six worth spending. It looks really nice still, even though that you put it through daily driving. And actually, and the interior—it had an engine replaced. It, it yeah. was a garage queen with the IMS thingy. Which is actually not very common, but this car was not driven by the first owner, mm-hmm. and then exploded and was replaced. The engine was replaced during a warranty. In 2011. Um, and to, uh, wow. That sounds right. Yep. Uh, and I got it with full service records, and boy, they spent a lot of money on it. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but if you drive it, I mean, I drive it like once a week, even in the winter when mm-hmm. it's dry, and uh, that I don't know. It seems like it probably helps it keep keep healthy. And, and we keep. Yeah. Cutting the oil filters open on the oil changes and doing oil analysis yeah. every time and using good oil. So I think a lot of that really helps it too. But since your engine was replaced by a main mm-hmm. dealer in 2011, I actually right. talked to, uh, way back in the day when we were curious, talked to both Bob Vio Jr. at Auto Edge and Matamidai, who was awesome, and mm-hmm. then also a friend of mine that works at uh, Carousel. And he said, actually they both said, like I think they stopped <laughs> doing the early engine case in replacement in like 2010. Oh. 
So his engine is actually very likely a 997 mm -hmm. or the Porsche 911 after it wow. case. So it has the bigger intermediate shaft bearing in it, mm -hmm. which is much less prone to failure, but you can't replace it in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So like even if you wanted to do it, you basically can't. Well, you can if you do the clutch. You just can't like use a tool and pull it off the side of the engine. That's no, my you, understanding. you can deseal it, but you actually have to split the engine case to do the IMS on your engine. That could be. So that would mean it. They're very rarely out. fail. I mean, they knew this was an issue by then. You know, the very early 996s.1 had a dual row uh, yep. IMS bearing, which was actually pretty much fine. Yeah, those are pretty much. And then they, I don't know, cut costs further after negative <laughs> feedback. I don't, really, I don't really understand. But then they went to a small IMS bearing that was single row, which is yeah. what my car originally had. Yep. And then later on, their ultimate, I guess, fix, which wasn't a fix, was to put a larger but single row bearing in, which is what carried over to the 997, which never gets ripped for the IMS bearing for some reason. So Yeah, which is weird because they still have failures. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the, the I ultimate, ultimate fix was putting a plain bearing on both think, sides. I think the reason that doesn't get, you know, flack is because the 997, like, your car, <clears throat> for, like, whatever reason, has, like, is, like, the, the quintessential water-cooled Porsche people love to hate. I don't see the real issue with it because to me it's just like it's like it's a 911. It's perfectly fine. Like it's a great driver's car, and yeah. I I just I feel like people just like look at your car and just like they they just go that's a water cool one. It sucks anyway. And then they just they, that's their main complaint. They don't get to and they go IMS bearings the 997 and stuff. And yeah, the 991s and yeah, it's it's, it's deeply troubling. I, actually, I'm I'm totally okay with it because, like I said, your car is not appreciating as fast as two thousand. Yeah. It's a great car, which means that you're gonna have a great value for money Porsche for years to come. It will eventually go up and just skyrocket in value. It will. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be E36 yeah. at some point. They're just yeah. gonna be so cheap that kids it's and just idiots gonna explode, yeah. are gonna like barely afford it, and then those not are gonna be, able to fix anything. Those are gonna be excellent EV swap candidates in the future. Yes. If not already, I mean, really, you take a like a Tiptronic car with a bad motor. <laughs> and you throw batteries in the front too. I mean, actually, yeah, they, improve so, the weight distribution. They, they, yeah, they've, they've, they've actually done that. Um, that's that's so. gonna be a great car. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if the um, engine blows again, that might happen. We'll see. Yeah. Car number three, okay. the element. So we already talked oh, about the E60. Right, right, talked right. about the 911. Well, that's a. I mean, you've already covered some of the element history in your a little bit of it. Yeah, episodes, we can briefly touch on it. But it's the replacement, <laughs> replacement, but uh, got rear-ended at Lake Elmo and uh, Highway 36 on my way to work. By truck. The semi truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, life flash for your eyes. It's like, oh, that yeah. didn't take very long. Um, <laughs> Poor like, senior. <laughs> I've actually been rear-ended pretty hard in the the old Fiat too. So yeah. it's not the first time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that was totaled pretty handily. Oh, yeah. Like 12 or 13 grand of yeah, assessed damage. The fight with the trucker's insurance is kind of a long and boring story, but it took a lot of work to get what, I, what it was worth because it was a manual EX all-wheel yeah. drive. And they just see it as a Honda Element. So they just like, uh, yeah. Well, all the comps were like automatics and the wrong trim level. So once we actually got them to force themselves to do all of the specifics, yeah. the closest comp they could find was one that we sent them, and it was in Colorado. Oh yeah, and you did that. You had to do that with your um, Mr. Wags, right? I had to do that with Wags. I had to do it with the uh, Boxster S when I got sideswiped. Yeah. Everything. Yep. Yeah, so that's... you always have to fight insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Which is lame too, because they're the one who hit me, and I had to do all this legwork to get yeah. essentially because we eric had done all this maintenance to it i mean it was bulletproof yeah that thing was set up so so that was a bummer and it still hasn't had all that stuff redone to it well it's because i haven't pulled it out of the buyback husk because right. <laughs> we're gonna end up using pretty much all of the stuff that we paid for and got paid out on right. anyway okay uh so car shows and events locally in minnesota hmm that's a, kind of a, a big topic, but what are your favorites? I mean, do you prefer shows to like autocross or vice versa? And then what are your favorites maybe of both? 
I mean, I sort of, I actually really like the, uh, the, the, um, the overlap, like the street heat event. I really liked because yeah, they combined really both. Nice. Yeah. And it's also fun to, uh, that was actually my first autocross and I did in your Fiat electric. Yes. And, um, <laughs> that was really fun. I mean, you had all these people up on the berm watching, and that, that added to the intensity of it. It, really, it was really fun. It was also a beautiful day. But um, but I like to walk around the shows and look at the cars, and then, you know. I had a lot of skepticism about Street Heat going into it. And, yeah, I agree. It came out really well. I'm really disappointed it's not happening this year. It's not? not? No, he's not doing a Street Heat this year. Oh. Is that maybe going to happen the year well, after? I hope so. He is planning to do one again, but there was a, apparently he can't or something because of something that happened with well, the Well, they got the people. flack from the noise from the drifters. Right. And, which, by the way, made autocross really difficult because well, these drifter curves that were in all the wrong places. Well, the, the, oh. the other thing was yeah. that, that, that one I'm going to totally put whoever's in charge on blast for because it's like, who the hell has drift practice at 7 o'clock? We talked to Balto about yeah. this. <laughs> like, what were you thinking? And it's in the middle of the city. I mean, it's in an industrial area, but there are still residential neighborhoods. Yeah, there's a lot of apartments close. nearby. Yeah. We've parked like in that, their so. yards for the state fair before, so we know yeah. they're not that far. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, now that I get that lithium electric scooter, it's going to be way better. But I really like the street heat. I mean, obviously, we all love the secret Petaluna. Oh, event. don't tell anyone. Yeah, don't. Uh, I don't uh, know what I mean. I really like the one that Afton, the auto leave-ins. I give Jackson so much flack for not doing one this year and yeah, he's not even hell? necessarily planning to do one next year i'm like to what? me to me that event uh, and the pots of luna are the two that i would really consider bringing somebody who doesn't even like cars to yeah, yeah. the beautiful scenery got easy to get beer and food uh, mm -hmm. it's just a fun place to hang out and the, so the pots of luna event that happens each year allegedly in april, april and happens in Stillwater. Yeah, yes, it's in Stillwater, one. Wisconsin. Stillwater, Wisconsin. In actually, April, the, yes. the largest Stillwater in the country is actually in Oklahoma. It's in Oklahoma. Do they have a prison, though? <laughs> Probably. It's Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, oops. Sorry, I just typed this in the wrong spot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I try to get... I mean, I, I like cars and coffee. I'm just irritated they don't do it in the winter. Yeah, I, I wish they would. I mean, like, just call it's, it, like... Or even if it's a different branded event, just, like, winter beaters and yeah. shenanigans. I mean, this winter, we've had, like, no snow. Exactly. And... Fairly Car mild temperatures. Cars and too. cars and coffee. I, I I liked a lot when it was here. Yeah. Um. Now that it's it, yeah. It, in Shakopee, it's really lost like a lot of the, you know. If the I, whole thing. I hope it stays strong until I can find a better place. If they still had them on the same day, which they don't do anymore, thank goodness, I would come to Cars and Caves. Yeah. yeah. I would mm -hmm. ditch Cars and Coffee just because yeah. I'm like I've seen it all. Now the venue doesn't appeal to me. Now it's full of sponsors. The the venue I've we've said this before, the venue is much more important than the actual show itself. Absolutely. Much more. Yeah. Because I mean you've got I mean, cars are one thing, absolutely, but like half of the cars and coffee show was people potentially not even interested in cars that are in a really nice place where they don't mind spending two hours. Exactly. You bring somebody along that doesn't care about cars to Cars and Coffee right now, they're going to be bored out of their mind in 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yes. very little shelter and shade. I mean, you, you just have to either do the car stuff or leave. Yeah, good yeah. luck bringing a kid to that event yeah, or something, too. Yeah, my favorite too. thing about Canterbury is when you can see the horses, but lately <laughs> with the car shows, <laughs> they've been blocking off so you can't see the horses, so you don't get mm. to explore the venue. Yeah. Why have it here? I love Canterbury can't. for horse racing, for sure. Yeah, because, but... like, I remember when they were doing Hin there, and the Hot 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 Nights, Nights, yeah. Nights, yeah. And you could, the first couple of shows, Actually, you could it watch that way. the horses, so there'd be, there'd be horse races and then a car show, and, like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but it is. Then they sort of just... But Stop HIN that. actually has vehicles like underneath their shelter things too. Yes. It's not just parking lots. I think Hot Import Hot Import Nights is. I've never been to one. 
it, but I've seen a lot of photos. That show, all right. So this is the thing. That show that started out at at Canterbury, like with a reboot, it yeah. would have been a lot better. But the thing is, when they started the reboot, they did it at the convention center. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was like week fest quality, which is one of the biggest like import car show series in the world. Uh, it was week fest quality, great, amazing cars, and now it's just like random like civics with kind of sort of match silver paint in roto wheels and like canterbury no, no, park no, rep roto wheels yeah at, at canterbury park and then they forget to turn the lights on for the show so like when the sun goes down everything's just dark actually the uh before we move on uh, yeah. the cars and craft really impressed me this last that year was too. yeah there was that's oh, a great venue in yeah fact, i was reminded of it because i think your cover photo for the podcast is like yeah, it was or yeah, 40. Yeah. i was like yeah that, i remember that that was fun and, yeah, because uh, that, that's also a really nice venue. It's a perfect venue. It's the right size, yeah. and if you can curate, which they it's did a pretty good job. fairly exclusive, too. So, Dr- yeah. Drive Cartel does an amazing job. I think of all the groups in Minnesota that like do things, I think Drive Cartel is the most on the ball with just getting stuff done because they're an outfit, you know, a third the, si- a third the size of the staff, I should say, of MNCC. Mm-hmm. Doing shows that, even though they're smaller, are just higher quality. There's, but I think the thing is, is they're not afraid to say no to people. That There's that, and there's there's nothing obviously wrong with any of their shows. And yeah. that means that they've done so much legwork behind the scenes. Oh, my God. So, yeah. yeah like, I, I agree. The, the, worst, the worst show I've gone to of theirs was the Modest Show. And that's because it was just raining. It was raining. And that was the only reason it was bad. And, it, it like, was, and even then, it was great. Sorry. <laughs> even though that, like, it was raining, it would have been great. But what made it not so great was a lot of the cars that had been gone through this process of, like, being picked for the show didn't show up. Right. Right, so because left, of the rain. Yeah, it left the parking lot pretty empty. But the, th- the thing is, even with, even with that being, like their or show that they've done thus far it's like saying like the worst star wars movie it's still a kick-ass show like, there were also other big events that that day and time mm-hmm. yeah that was, like, that was a big issue so. but i mean still the thing was is like they did a, an amazing job and mm-hmm. they're at their worst they're still doing on par with literally any other crew in the state i agree and that that's pretty pretty awesome and that that's why i was saying it was their worst is it was par Minnesota, and they're still <laughs> not a bogey. New too, and so. yeah, they're relatively new. It was par. They have and a good name, a good logo, it, good it people. Was, so. It was one hundred percent not anything that they could control. It was just like an act of God that made it on par. So and I've seen that in that's, insurance documentation. That's that's pretty cool. So okay, question number seven: What affordable car would you buy in California for a, a week, use there instead of a rental car for the cost of a rental car, and then drive home to turn a profit afterward? And what was the cost cut off again? Uh, we're assuming about three thousand five hundred dollars, but fifteen hundred if you really want to be Cheap. in the spirit of the things. Yeah, I think I can do any of those levels. W two hundred one. That's one ninety e. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. Did you see that? Um, Hagrid? You could easily get a nice one. For and that I would out there keep too. driving that thing. I would, I would keep it. I'd try to get a two point six. Did you but see whatever. that Haggerty put Probably the, the, two, the W two hundred one on their bull market list for twenty nineteen? I don't doubt it. I. I passively look i'm not looking to buy one right now but like i keep my eye on 190 pricing and like they never got e30 cheap 
No, they never like did. They got $1,500, but they never got cheaper than that. No, and that's the thing. That, that's, what the, that's what blew up the E30s is they were just so cheap for a while. Yeah, you could, you could get one that ran and drove for 350 to $500. And it was one like one of the best cars of all time. And yeah. it, it still is a better car than the 190E, but the 190E has a, a more quality feel to it, so that's a good I answer. Think, I like and that. you just don't see them. Right. Uh, yeah. I saw, and I feel like it's a little bit more rust prone. I, I was trying to think of something that rusts or just wears out. And the 190, yeah. yeah. It's Especially a, a, pre, a pre-91 yeah. that didn't have the cladding. Yeah. Those really do let go. It's so. um, that, <laughs> up here. Yeah. That, that's a car that uh, I wouldn't say it's like, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad car or anything, but it's like. Well, that's a good car. The, the way I describe it to people like aren't familiar with German small sedans mm-hmm. is I'd equate the 190E like if the, if the E30 is like a Supra, mm-hmm. the 190E is like an FCR X7. No, the 190E is a Z, Z32 twin turbo. Yeah, that's a it's better, the better that's a car better. that got no love. Yeah, that's it. It actually it, did win exactly. Comparos, yeah. by the way. If you if you look back in uh, Car and Driver, yeah. it did actually, the Z32 turbo did beat the Supra that is in, true. in a multi-way yeah. test. And I think a lot of people forget about that. Z32, I think, is the better car. And it wasn't also, just quick, but it was better, more high tech, and all that. If Brian is serious about being able to get a nice one here for ten grand, man, I'll go in on that. That is the that is the deal of a century. Right oh there, yeah, man. no, they're so cheap. A fair like, Lady Z. If, if you look in like Unit Exchange, like the Japanese like mm-hmm. kind of auction marketplace, there are some really really cheap. Did the Z32s. JDM cars have different Hikus options or anything? Because ours came pretty loaded. I think I think and, they uh, had like a super low trim level, but the thing is, like the mm-hmm. Fairlady was always their halo car. Now, like, was the Fairlady the direct uh, clone of our 300 ZX? Was yes. That, and the, well, the Fairlady Z, it, the, all the Z cars have had Fairlady in the name, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the reason was is uh, the the play my Fairlady was the head of Nissan's favorite. Uh, play when they were originally designing the the Fair Lady. Thank you, Roadster. Japan, for having really I weird. Did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I figured there was some correlation, but I thought that was just me making it up. No, that 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 is actually his his fair no, one is my fair. No, they they have a bunch of weird cars that are like named after like plays or characters, like the Cedric and the Gloria. Why is this one called Les, Mer- Les Miserables? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a like, van. No, the, the lovely cars like called like Cedric and Gloria and stuff like that that are like named after like characters from plays. It's like <laughs> they're really big thespian nerds at Nissan. <laughs> oh, Nissan, the it's innocence of a child. It's good to know that I wasn't just going crazy. Uh, Jim, I guess you've never answered this question. What? <laughs> what would you if we if we were in California, we had, we had to drive a car back. What would you get? I would get the little. Uh, Mini Mercedes electric crossover thing. Smart ED. The B, the B series. The B series. You oh. can't. You can't get those for that price range. But actually, and you're gonna sure. drive that back. I do not believe those had DC sure. fast charging. Okay. No, they're, they don't. They're but level two only. That would that, take that you would a be month a, to drive. That'd be that'd be a car I, that, I that you want to get. A car yeah. From California that I want to get. Um, but like, uh, that's still a terrible answer. I know. <laughs> I mean, a, you could bring a tent and like, like have like a true adventure. It's like five times the top budget. I know. And I it would take a month to get here. That was my gut reaction. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> Trail, trailer with a generator. <laughs> yeah. You would see the world. That's would for darn sure. I'd have to, <laughs> yeah. I'd have to like, Every county. <laughs> I'd have to genuinely think about the question because like, I don't. That's fine. We'll, we'll move on to guest <laughs> topics here. Okay. And by guest topics, I mean topics provided by the guest to cover with the guest. So let's start off with infrastructure, cities, design, parking, layouts, and such. 
I want to start out. I have one question for Scott. Do you oh, ever play like city builder video games, like City Skylines? <laughs> I or used Sim to play uh, Sim City. You seem like the type because I I haven't I play, played in years, but that, I did used to like it. Uh, yeah. If you if you want to play a really good city builder, uh, Cities Skylines by Paradox. We're really games. good at tangents here. Well, I do think it's worth giving some context. I mean, the reason I suggested some of these topics is that I, I participate in the municipal basically planning and um, I don't know. Land use and land transportation use. issues. I ride a bike and walk a lot in addition to driving, and I ride the public uh, transit, which makes me an unusual, uh, a weird car enthusiast. <laughs> a car enthusiast, which is why I prompted you. With I was going to say we actually covered that a couple of weeks and ago. I <laughs> resent Ryan's answer, but I'll fight him in the parking lot afterward. But um, fabulous. But anyway, that's why I suggested this. I'll put it on that YouTube. I, I do spend a lot of time trolling the the forums on this stuff. Yeah. Whereas you guys are probably mostly on the car forum. We so just troll in general. I look at it from the other side of the coin a lot. I will the get... urbanists and the people designing cities. Well, I, I should say, I mean, there's, you know, I, I, as far as how I actually feel about city planning, I do agree with actually biking and stuff like that. Um, but no, when I play like stuff like, you know, city skylines where I'm like actually building out of town. Like I put oh, stuff yeah. like, I put stuff like that into like, into context where i'm like yeah actually i would like to not have literally every single person have a car and have unlimited traffic all the time let's have a subway system right (laughs) and building on that i suppose that kind of comes down to regulation and law so i'm I'm just trying to keep it rolling here (laughs) which of the the current like transportation laws like so just general statutes statewide even federal potentially i'm not sure what carries over not but which ones would you repeal if you could uh, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, well, first of all, I would make every state a no front plate state. Thank you. Yep. Um, you it has get no my world vote, bearing on anything, but <laughs> yeah. it should at least be consistent. So yeah, I think that like in true. Canada, they're all front plate in all the different provinces and it just makes sense to be consistent one way or another. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I'd at least like to ruin the fun of others if we're not going to be able to ruin it here. Well, those people probably push really hard to keep the no front plate <laughs> if it suddenly became legislation. So that right. might actually get the ball rolling in the opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, in terms of repealing, I mean, a lot of it has to do with enforcement and compliance. Uh, if you look at speed limits, they're kind of insane because mm-hmm. 55 on 94 in St. Paul, it's straight as an arrow. Especially and it's four lanes wide. E. Yeah, well, that's that's for noise <laughs> right. complaints of the neighborhood because they weren't supposed to build it there in the first place. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more enforcement and uh, and what about I, like window tint? Yeah. It's, again, I, I guess that's like a state's rights thing. I mean, it kind of makes sense in the hot, sunny climates. It makes less sense here, but I'd like it to be consistent. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know if we should really allow dark front tent, but I, I think I still like front it. Front tent, I'm not a big fan of, but yeah. I think like um, what we do here for trucks, where it's yeah, I, I don't think, think I think it's like I think it's like a seventy or eighty percent like yeah, it's like different maximum. for the type of vehicle. Like, because yeah. at that point, like you're not like it's not like dangerously like it's not like five percent limo tent where it's like right. it's like getting to a point where it's like kind of dangerous. Yeah, there's blocking UV yeah. and there's not being able to see. Yeah. But it's like with, with my van, like. It's my interior is getting blown away in summer. Like if you look at my if you look at my headrests on all of my seats, the right side of my driver's side headrest versus the uh, left side of that, to- totally different colors. <laughs> so you're like the trucker that's got like the busted ass skin on the left side, yeah. and like perfect baby soft skin on exactly, the right side. Yeah. <laughs> the, red arm. the other one I thought of too was um, uh, 
when I was in France for a while, and they made me inspect the vehicle, and it was in pretty good shape, and they made me replace the tires because they didn't have enough tread. Mm -hmm. That was basically the only thing wrong with it. And we used to have emissions testing. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd really push for that, but look at the jalopy you see going down the road. There's there's a safety inspection. And, and you, and you yeah. see the, the, I guess, fully blown struts. You know, they're floating like a like a Fleetwood Cadillac. And when the like, wheel oscillates several times, you can see it bouncing <laughs> each one of the body's oscillations. So it just the, <laughs> that's not safe. I mean, it just isn't. And you right. know that the person driving it is not compensating for that by being an expert uh, uh, driver. Correct. Yeah, no, it's yeah. just a terrifying vehicle. <laughs> so, that, I mean, I, I would probably push for, I don't know. A safety inspection. Something but like that's that. that's not a repeal. That's well, which law would you add? I guess we could go over all this together. So, repeal, change, add, or increase, decrease, I, but that's kind of change. I think when a lot of people hear safety inspection, yeah. they think it's to be like a super draconian like combination of like... Like H two O I, like camera enforcement, oh, and like the tube, or <laughs> it's like you're, with those two things combined, you cannot do anything with your car. You can't even repaint it. This like, undercoating is not neatly applied. You yeah, will have exactly. to send it back to the factory. There, there's there's a medium in between the tube and like what we are totally scary laissez-faire Minnesota no inspection. And there are benefits to that too. So I was kind of struggling with this uh, because I that's kind of what's great about this country and also what's terrible about. It. and it's hard to really separate that I, you can drive your brexit with the steering wheel on the wrong side and uh, with no front plate i, legally, I think there's just a lot there's a lot of things that's nice to be able to I, do i think there's right. your safety inspection should be done by a mechanic it should be very minimal well, it I mean, should be like it would have to go along with like the registration tabs for the year yeah well that's the thing is you have to do it like that's when, when you would do uh your emissions you do it at a mechanic shop and then right. send it in yeah. but you would uh you could do something like oh well you need to have x amount of tread depth um, your, you know, tires have to be, you know, only this different from like the width of the wheel. So like stretch tires, like can only go so far. <laughs> I don't even care about that really. But, well, but I mean like, I mean, I to a, to a, 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 like a, a certain point. Cause yeah, I don't know. It's just like, there, there's some things that you can do. It's one of those things again. It's, I think it's just making sure ball joints aren't about to snap. Tire depth is a that's good what one. I mean, yeah. Brake pads. Just like a couple things that are like literally, you will kill somebody else on the road. Yeah, that's I mean. That's... John actually just commented on uh, Twitch like, I hate when I see cars that have been t-boned. Yes, oh, yeah. that are just driving down the road. The structural in happened. integrity of the chassis has to be retained. <laughs> right. Oh, I shouldn't man. be able to see the ground through your floor. I always how they actually get away with driving those things. Like, oh, they put some expanding foam and some plexiglass with some rivets. It's like the duct Mint. tape as windows sort yep. of deal. It's like what? What? I get shocked when. I see those cars not getting pulled over. Like you see, like cars with like broken taillights and stuff, like not getting pulled. And then like I forget to turn on my headlights for the point five seconds I pull out of my driveway and get pulled over. It's just it, that just seems like also, total. Sounds BS. like you need automatic headlights. <laughs> well, I mean, like as I'm pulling out, yeah. Also, like you Never know, pull out. in elementary school when you're taught to like bust out the taillights if you get kidnapped, like yeah. nobody's gonna pull them over because they're like, eh. No, well, now it's a, a luminescent, yeah. iridescent, whatever, glow-in-the-dark pole that has yeah. to be in vehicles after 1996. Well, yeah, but, like, but, you know, the yeah, rest of that. taillights, like, that's something that shouldn't be allowed. I agree. Whatsoever. Wait, wait, that was 96 that I did that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. After 96 or the year of 96? Mm, I think after. So it makes you wonder if it was a high-profile, like, kidnapping. And, that it probably yeah. was. And now but, Bugattis have dividers in their trunks for some well, reason. I, I, was, I was, like, <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, there, there's going to be, like... Like, what, what about a baby? <laughs> so, like, like with, with a lot of these weird, like, tuner cars, like, coming to, like, collect, I just had this, like, mental picture of a guy, like, 
with a super early EK Civic being like, yeah, it's the one that doesn't have the pull handle in the trunk. It's super rare. They made like 250 of these in this color. Yeah, it's going to be like a collector <laughs> item for yeah. like the car that's like right in the middle of the half model yeah, year. Exactly. I remember when I was like in New Jersey, my dad had a rental car with one of those and mm-hmm. the seat in the rental car could go down in the back and i remember crawling in like locking myself in the trunk and like popping myself out my dad was just let me do it <laughs> now looking I guess back, you I'm made like... sure that it worked oh <laughs> yeah. man you clearly heard that can open i did which kind of triggers my pavlovian <laughs> beer in your response but uh, the other one that uh more minnesota specific and this year hardly even matters but winter tires i mean yeah. oh on. my god no. look at scandinavia canada I don't, they're I... all doing it right and we're just like mm, i think never just put yeah. others in danger so this that one i've actually thought of i don't think that should be mandated because like there's some cars where it's like if you're like driving like two blocks from your apartment to the coffee house you work at i get not having to have a second set of tires but there I should think be incentive to there do should it. be well, like a huge it, incentive to do that if i'm like, not mistaken the norway sweden model is you don't have to put them on but if you get in a crash and you have the wrong tires then they just throw the book at you yeah no mm-hmm. that's and as i say like some to me incentive. that's the easier way to enforce is it only if it was determined as the primary contributing factor or just no i think you uh, i think you just book, get period. just get ruined if you good. have the wrong stuff and it, good it'd be like drunk driving kind of and again like, you can <laughs> i should ask my friend krista she lives in finland i could probably get a straight answer on that oh yeah do that. sure they all got hakos there well yeah no she's uh, from finland yeah you'll you'll ask her and she'll say yes <laughs> well then never mind i'm not even gonna ask but uh yeah i don't know it just again this year is weird because we don't have a lot of snow yeah and in fact i was at the winter autocross with the rs motors and uh i was in my car with the hakas and whatever i'm not great but uh the winning car was actually a rental camaro convertible auto v6 with all season tires that's so and that thing cleaned up because there just wasn't uh, enough uh, snow to ne- necessitate yeah. uh, high-end snow tires. So uh, well, all seasons kind of make sense in a snow, winter like snow this. Snow tires aren't just snow-related. It's, it's actually the compound of the tire that... Well, I don't disagree with you, except yes, but the, the tread results, blocks. The, as a, as, the results yeah, go for themselves. Gonna, I was going to say, the, the tread blocks, what the difference is... They is aren't that, good for handling. Yeah, no, the tread blocks are designed for uh, basically as a dirt tire, but the actual compound itself, right. if, you had a, if you had a snow tire... That had the compound of a snow tire, but the tread cut of mm-hmm. like a, a normal summer tire. Right. That'd be perfect for it something would. like this. Right. And I don't know why they'll make that because there's plenty of places they I do. can think of What's where the it's, WRG? Like, it's like cold weather. Yeah. No, it's the Dunlop Winter Sport D3. Winter Sport D3. It, and has, that's just... it has all season sidewalls and it's got much thinner blocks, but it's got all the siping. Mm. Oh, so they're okay. they're very. I mean, I, I I like what you're saying, but the WRG three is technically an all season. No, no, that 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 would be yeah. That, but that's, it's, that's exactly what I was right. kind of looking for. Something that's got like a winter tread depth, also, but a normal cut. Michelin used to make the uh, Pilot Sport Alpen, which was that same thing. Yeah, because I mean, well, there's mm. there's a lot of places where it's like cold mm. but not snowy, <laughs> like like here. Anywhere like, in France. I like, like John's <laughs> comment. Spends $1,000 on a cell phone, won't spend $300 on tires. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I for real, though, that's, double standard, that, yeah. that, that's kind of but the nobody, thing. But yeah. nobody sees that as yeah, a fashion tires statement. tires for my Sienna were like 40 bucks a pop. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good also size. gave you a hell of a deal on that. Yeah, so. true. But like, <laughs> okay. Your tires should have been about a little more than twice that. Let's okay. keep it rolling on to intersection design. I actually really am excited oh, to talk yeah. about this one. So... Let's let's talk about just types first. So, I personally love roundabouts, just single roundabouts. I don't mm. think an American could handle a double roundabout. We have a triple in our house, and I love it because it it separates the weak from the strong. Oh yes, <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Oh, it's amazing. The multi roundabouts are don't bad. Don't worry, it's surrounded by parks, so if anything happens, you're fine. Oh, oh my, God. my 
my horn has had so much use. Near you have my a triple house. roundabout in yeah. Sears Park? Yep. Yeah, look it up. Um, it's it's awesome. Louisiana and Highway 7. Yep. Oh, I know what you're talking Here, about. Why don't, you, why don't you bring that up on Google Maps and show them? Because <clears> it's right, actually well, really Keep talking amongst yourselves. I think I have seen that. Because uh, seven's like a freeway now. It's really weird. Yeah, it, is. it used to be like a surface road. but It's, a, know, it's, it's actually it's a triple roundabout underpass. So when you say triple, do you mean it's got two full rings and then it has like the peel off? No, third? it's got three like roundabouts. Hmm. Wow. Oh, no, you're saying, like, a series of three roundabouts, not a triple wide. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I thought fine. you meant, yeah. like, uh, like Charles de Gaulle, Etoile, or something. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it, it's th- it's one roundabout yeah. feeding into another one okay. and then yeah. feeding into a third. Right, and Eric used to work... Uh, Seven, was... uh, right between 100 and 169. Because Edina's had one like that by yes. the Galleria for Zoom one in. time. Oh, yes. I Zoom remember in. when those went in. Yeah. Louisiana. I see it. It's right there. It, Louisiana's Top right, right. right there. Top, top, right. There it is. Yeah. yeah, you see that? That's a that's a triple roundabout. God, this keyboard has had a rough life. Yeah, satellite. Yeah, and there's a big mess of them at the 169, yeah, uh, 494 okay. interchange too. But uh, yeah, it's a little different. So I was talking about the the roundabouts where there's literally a single intersection and there are two roundabout streams within it. Oh wow! So you can drive basically through the intersection by taking the you stay in the left lane if you're going straight or left, and you stay in the right lane if you're going straight or right. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so it's it's kind of like the southernmost one, kind of. Basically, a zoom po- in a little bit more. Pojo so driver won't understand. It's, it's easy to understand the the single the single loops, and then you've got the modified ones like the middle one there where you can't do a full circle. Right. Well, kind of both. Just to oh, cut okay, down yeah. on conflict. There's also one of these in. Um, it's right by Map in Cottage Grove. Yes, yes. there is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're great. Uh, Woodbury's really embrace them. There's quite a few there, and they make perfect sense in those mm-hmm. basically rural areas. I would like Third and Conway, or sorry, Third and Maria to have. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah they got plenty of space. That's a there. dumb spotlight. And they, yeah. top light, so when a new <laughs> when a new intersection is being constructed, they actually cost roughly the same to put a roundabout in versus a stoplight. Yeah, which, that is so ridiculous. This which, is one of those things where it's I save so much time, like every day, because I don't drive at like I don't drive at, like seven o'clock in the morning right the rush hour five, is the like most questionable but yeah. right again the frustration of waiting at a light when no one's going is so uh, substantial well, was, i just like the steady stream of traffic though. i think i think it was it was t- it was not last uh recording but it was the week before last where <laughs> i was 20 minutes late because yeah, i you brought this up yeah every freaking light you're on five yeah, on five. The from... travel time is much less consistent yeah. when there's stoplights on your route. Oh my god! Because there are awful. two bad ones on my way to work, and it can literally make a six-minute difference. Oh yeah, and when I get to work. Um, so I live about maybe th- three miles away from Normandale, and like, so I the live school or community college? The community, the community college. college. Okay. And um, so I live off of Normandale in Old Shakopee. Okay. And um, if I hit one of the stoplights mm-hmm. it takes my three minute commute and turns it into like 10. yeah when i like it's terrible is that a smart light or no um i don't no, i doubt I don't it think so. So, yeah that, and that's one thing i thought uh, should be clarified for you were talking about the uh, what was it the old uh, uh computer chip uh yeah. used in yeah. the old uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah they were basically mechanical i mean they were just like oscillators basically they were just timed Mm-hmm. But modern lights, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, basically, they can be reprogrammed. You can do a number of phases. Yeah. So, like, some lights are, like, four-phase, or some are two-phase. So, what mm-hmm. is a phase? Phase is, like, how many different directions and combinations of arrows okay. and green lights and red lights are possible. So Interesting. The bigger the intersection, basically, the more phases you have. You might have a straight and left, 
You might have just a straight with a permissive left. You okay. might have arrows. Is that like the flashing yellow then, or yeah. is that something yeah. else? Okay. Yeah, well, flashing yellow that essentially flashing... doesn't change anything compared to just a green. It's just clarified what you're able to do. That okay. flashing yellow is fantastic. That, that needs to be on every arrow as I'm far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there's been some negative uh, Snelling in 94. Oh, uh, there's yeah. been some issues there because people are kind of shooting the gap because it's so busy. And so they're actually kind of be having some pushback now on the flashing yellow because <laughs> people are taking too much risk. Um, but anyway, yeah, natural uh, selection. And yeah. the, the other so, thing, it's yeah, really, feel. it's an incredibly complicated uh, field, but it's actually stoplight engineering. Yeah. And uh, basically when yeah. you have a complex system, like but near Stillwater, which I take every day, 36 has about three or four stoplights that separate you from the bridge and, you know, civilization and uh and basically they they actually retimed those to allow more through traffic to get the greens um all the way through okay and so if you change one light it has a cascading effect mm -hmm. throughout the rest mm -hmm. and the real key and what they're trying to do is move as many people as fast as possible but you have to take into consideration the other lights if you change the timing on one are they networked uh, well, essentially. Okay. I mean, I think they're programmed individually, and nowadays they probably are internet But they connected. can work on, like, the same timer, so they can... Correct. And so what I notice is that, I mean, actually, by your house, I see this, too, mm -hmm. at Mar Maria and 3rd. Okay. If I hit that going um, west, yeah. then I can always make the south light getting on the freeway. If you drive quickly, you can. Well, I apparently do. Yeah. But anyway, those are clearly on the but same... But it's true. I do Those it every are clearly morning. on the same phased cycle. Yep. And so what you see is there's, like, these... Uh, basically a neural system mm -hmm. where they, uh, they're not necessarily in communication with each other, but they are programmed such that if you make this light, well, if you're going to hit the next light red, what's the point? Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's very complicated. It's like... Have, have you taken uh, just like Normandale down to like Old Shackby? In... Not in a long time. So that's a, that's a street. This is whenever I have to drive Jan home in like the middle of the night, like on a weekend at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Talking uh, about Normandale 98. Yeah, Nor Normandale, well, not just 98th, all of the yeah. effing lights. Because Normandale is just 100 when you keep going, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. when you keep going, but when you take it all the way down to Old Shakopee, there's five or six lights there, hmm. and they're not set up on a network or anything. So it's one of those things where I can, it'll take me five minutes to get through Normandale. It will take me a half an hour, literally hmm. a half an hour. And it's one of those things where I'll be driving along, there'll be nobody else coming. Mm -hmm. There'll be a guy who walks his dog or something, mm -hmm. and then go walks through the intersection and just shuts everything down. And now you're <laughs> now you have mm -hmm. like dozens of cars just sitting there stopped for no freaking what? reason, and then nobody going. Right. That's because like it's set up because we get a lot of traffic from. 100. So during rush hour, all that stuff makes sense. But you know at and a lot of but lights do have separate something. timing uh, schemes. Yeah, yeah. A lot near me, especially, it gets very congested in St. Paul at rush hour, especially the afternoon. But then, if you go, uh, the, the the cycles generally get shorter um, yeah. during non-rush periods. And that's the thing is they don't do which, that which on Normandale. They don't do that. And that at might all. be the older hardware that you're referring yeah. to. Yeah, that definitely is. Because like, what I do now, my thing is is I've been seeing her doing the math. Like when I, when I drive Jana home, is I'll drive. One day I'll drive Normandale, the other day I'll drive Old Shakopee. Mm. Old Shakopee to 169 is about five miles longer mm -hmm. of a drive. That's a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a, a significantly longer drive. But um, 169 is a 65-mile-an-hour zone versus mm -hmm. a 55, and there's three lights that are set up on a network mm -hmm. versus six lights non-network and 55-mile-an-hour right. it's shorter. Mm -hmm. And it honestly breaks even. Well, it's travel time versus distance. It, that's everywhere. Yeah, and it, but I, I break even every time. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, it's co- more consistent. Like if I'm like trying to like like get to bed and I'm like we it was like a long religious movie night. I'll take one sixty nine because I'll be like I'm gonna get home at exactly eleven. O'clock. And at off hours, I think we all sort of learn, or at least I do. Um, if I can take roads that avoid stoplights, mm-hmm. then yes. you'll be quicker because mm-hmm. you just. Even if it's a little further and you take a left turn, it doesn't matter. You're just avoiding that being stuck at the red light. Well, it's like even going west. When I uh, when I used to live in Plymouth and I worked in Roseville, I, I left work at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So my options were go 35 south to 94 mm-hmm. to 169 to 55. Which would be fine. Which was okay at, at 3. It hour. wasn't great, but there was still some buildup before Lower Hill. But mm-hmm. it was actually considerably quicker to go up. 35 go 694 mm-hmm. take 169 south yeah. even though it's it's all many mile longer drive it's also quicker than taking 100 off of 694 yeah. taking that to 55 because of stoplights mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so i mean that's that's one thing where I, I always took the longer route because i was moving a more consistent speed more of the time right and yeah. i didn't i didn't care about anything else i don't care about it longer less fuel efficient this and that. So did, that was, did you ever have to use side roads in Northeast Minneapolis when you were? Because you you work not too far away from me, so like I'm uh, thinking, I do a lot for just you're work north, you're I'm thinking loop, not northeast. I'm thinking Broadway well, now. Right. I'm thinking like Before. Broadway right. and um, University. I yeah, I, we have our shop buildings Ooh. right there. That's an awful. But the, awful is there a McDonald's like, right there? Yeah, that McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a yeah. terrible area. It, not only that, you try that at like seven fifty-five in the morning when I'm there. And it's one of those things where I... That's probably a guy in a Jaguar cutting everyone off. Oh, uh, that would be me with a Mazda 5. And I'm uh, <laughs> and what I'm doing is I'm cutting everybody off to go take uh, the street that... Allegedly. I'm taking the street that um, Anchor Fish and Chips is on. Because mm-hmm. I can take that. That's a stop sign. Mm-hmm. Inter- okay. It's a four-way stop sign there. I'm sorry about my own tangent, but we need to go there again soon. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Uh, but it's a four-way stop sign. And then there's four blocks of... Uncontrolled intersections. Right. It's called and a grid. Twentieth Street. There so, is a light, and then it's uncontrolled intersections all the way to work. It's so great, th- and that's a separate <laughs> topic altogether. But grids. Um, yeah. Older cities. I think it was Jefferson who advocated for grids, and in some absurd. So you don't get Boston. Well, uh, <laughs> basically, like San Francisco is an absurdity of the yeah. grid. Oh, Because yeah. they basically forced a grid onto something that where the topography it made no sense, but they did it Wasn't anyway. Wasn't the alternative like radial or something like that, or just like chaos? It's St. Paul versus Minneapolis. I okay. Mean, um, um, but but anyway, with the grid, which very few suburbs are putting in because nobody wants traffic, mm-hmm. you have these basically uh, uh, pressure uh, relief valves. So when, when things get too busy, you just take mm-hmm. the next street. Mm-hmm. Sure. And yeah. so what? Somebody's taking a cut through. I don't care. Right. And then it prevents these ridiculous bottlenecks. Florida is the best example of this. No one has uh, through streets. They're right. all cul-de-sacs. Yep. Oh, God. And so they've got these massive arterials, and what do they do? Mm-hmm. They get congested, mm-hmm. and it's just miserable. So if you just make a grid, then people just naturally filter through that. Yeah. And it, there's just, people don't want it, but it's just a better system. Wait, you know, right. it's going back to any city builder video game. If you, um, wow. Well, no, I mean, like, if you really, if you want to get understanding of what it's like to like build a traffic system, play. SimCity or City Skylines or something, because you'll understand very quickly how freaking difficult it is. And it's one of those things. My city's always just burned down or got killed by a giant robot. I'm I'm actually like I try to get good at it, and I am, and it's annoying because it's just like the, that's the peak of nerdity. Um, I could think of other anyway. No, but I, no, it's it's one of those things where I want my city to look cool, but it's like if you just have a grid, it just works so beautifully. And then you have like a beautiful highway system around the grid right. that makes things even better. Well, right. like the 
the best example of this is like where I work. So I work off of 36th Street and 100th. So if anybody knows where Micro Center, yeah. yeah. And we my, all know Micro Center. Yeah, we all know Micro Center very well. Um, but so that area was under construction for a really long time. And uh, the church I work at, um, it had this frontage road. So I could get off at Excelsior Normandale and take back streets to get to work. So I wouldn't have to like go through this weird pocket of traffic to get to 36th Street. Mm -hmm. And um, the church didn't want to maintain this road because people were driving through the neighborhoods to get to 100. And so they were having to basically upkeep a public road and they didn't want that. So they shut that down. And so now it's this neighborhood is completely like cut off. And like, if there's any sort of construction, I can't get to work. Like we are redoing, the because it's across the street from a fire department so this i know exactly where this church is i've done several food taste tests there yeah um so (laughs) the fire department obviously with the fire trucks that road gets degraded pretty quickly no they weren't convenient um so uh we just replaced the the road but while they were doing construction on the road there was literally no way to get to the church fabulous the car. sounds like you need a fajita with a bash bar on it you, you exactly went, I, I, it, the most annoying so I had to part park in either the micro center parking lot and walk across walk across that traffic ramp. road yeah they were having our parents with little children park in that parking there was lot. no crosswalk anywhere no near there's there, not and there and, shouldn't be and walk across <laughs> and, an on-ramp to pick up their children with a baby it's a like, blind right corner yeah. coming off of highway 100 south not, not yeah. only not only that uh, we also have to up. mention that there is, yeah, that's th- there yeah, is, all, yeah, yeah. Well. Th- this is an awful, awful intersection. But no, on top of that, you also have a like a quarter mile line, basically like start, running start for the highway yeah. that people get. So when people drive past your your they're going the school really you work fast. at, they're going full choose. Right. You're going yeah. seventy miles. So an they hour. could either park in Micro Center and walk across the on ramp, or they could park in a neighborhood and yeah, walk yeah. Th- through a bunch of grass and snow to get to. There it is. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll zoom in. But uh, all right. So this is the most annoying part of all of that. So this is Janice Church. Yes. Where I've done paid taste tests. This is Micro Center, the best store in Look here. At where they put. <laughs> That oh, yeah. That's the, the other fire street. department. Yep. Yeah. So, so clearly they broke off. that off. They they, yeah. Yeah. they wanted to, to cut down and cut through traffic, which is mm-hmm. very common. Yep. And then the frontage road with that little roundabout. So if you had gone. a fajita, yeah, you could. They just usually put up barriers because a fajita. I said. Mm. No, it's just a little <laughs> curve. But we should also note that that corner going on to 100 is slightly banked. Yep. Oh, so, this is a this is a fun off ramp. I take yeah, this at speed. It, it oh, is yeah. it, that's that's banked. Like I've so, definitely with my all season, yeah coming off the highway skidded yeah. and did Except a you're always going on to the highway. Oh, okay, yeah. on is okay, but there's always some idiot going slow. So no, I, going, I used to work there, and I almost never got to have fun. When this, I go onto the highway, terrible. I start accelerating. Yeah, this one right here. Like before, I knew there was before I knew that there was a Montessori <laughs> 30, there. Thirty, drop a gear, yeah. full power. No, I would start going full power <laughs> at Oxford Street. Well, I have Street more power. Because yeah. I didn't know that there was a monastery until Janice started working there. And then, yeah. like, then I started like, actually like, being an adult. 
But yeah. no, I'd take my car. I'd be going like 65, 70 when I get on the on-ramp because it's banked <laughs> enough that like any car with reasonable suspension will take that without any tire school at 70. Can we just focus on how beautiful Micro Center oh, is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. I take many Actually, it looks really there. garbage right there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a beautiful can store. We, can we talk about how Micro Center's parking lot looks so much better than Burlington Coat Factories? <laughs> Which is now just Burlington, I guess. Yeah, apparently if they change the name. Okay, so maybe we can see the bank if I... Yeah. Also, can we see how awesome Google Maps has gotten yeah, in the look web Look at that portal? beautiful fire department. <laughs> you can see my playground. So anyway, yeah, if you're coming off of... Jen, you can see South, your van. You can see my van. I see oh it right here. Oh my god. it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that, that's a fun that's little corner. Hilarious. Yeah, that's a great corner. But you, you can actually see the banking on so, there. This right here is where they were having parents and children yep. oh, that's walk bad. across. Yeah, with the fire department there. <laughs> so if a if there was an emergency, a fire truck would have to like bust out and like run over a kid. And anyway, right? so that that's poor design there. Yeah. So the, they just I don't. That's know. not just poor. That's garbage. They've been restructuring oh, yeah. that area and they've Ooh. been failing miserably. That's that's the best store in the world. Can you go there. in there? Uh, yeah, can we do a Google tour of Micro Center? <laughs> oh, we can't. I love Micro Center. Let's go there after after the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Look, we can we can even read their hours, which are very poor. Yes. Actually, no, that's pretty decent. Nine, 9 p.m. on Monday. You don't want to work retail when it goes past nine because you stay there till ten. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's that's reasonable. Or if you work at American Eagle, you work until one in the morning on holidays. Yes. Yes. Don't so, do that. No, that's uh, terrible. On the podcast, oh, yeah. So I should, I should, I should probably because we get rid of that. There, we've been doing a crazy long tangent. Um, are we gonna go we're to the to notes? Yep, I have to get rid of the screen cap first. Okay, <laughs> I want to talk about yield signs and whether or not we should get rid of them because nobody understands what the hell they oh mean. Oh my god, they're great, but they, like you said, nobody knows. No, I think is they, this a merge or is it a stop sign? I think Maybe they it's both. They exist, so if somebody crashes into you, they are now liable via insurance. Yeah, I. It's, Scott, Scott so how do you feel? It, about it's that? creating a problem that Look shouldn't at Huron exist. Huron and ninety four. That's a yield oh, entrance. You God. know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It should be a merge. And is Huron an avenue or a street? Uh, it's north south, so I'm going to say it's probably it's an avenue. avenue. Um, well, well it's also in St. Paul, so it could be whatever they felt like that day. <laughs> is that St. Paul or is that Minneapolis? I think that's actually Huron? Minneapolis. Huron, I thought was still St. Paul. I don't think this did the right thing here. Um, no, that's no that, that's it right there. That's that, it right that there. weird, like, turn... Uh, well, what they teach you... That circle thing right in the middle. Hold on, that's, that's I, I will say that that is a beautiful intersection, like, once you're actually oh, in it. Oh, this is the Stadium Village thing. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. actually a really you nice... You can tell like there's a game one. at TCF or uh, Williams because there's a giant line. So This entire lane right here is backed up So you see how there's a curve in eastbound 94... Yep. And then there's an entrance through that uh, swirl of roads. I um, like this right here. This yeah, is fun. That, that, in the actually, winter, it's terrifying. For, it's for what they had to deal with on that corner, I think they did a really good job designing that. I mean, it's but, no, you, but... You are right about the... But the anyway, there's no reason there. why it can't be emerged, because if you if you treat it as a yield, you can't see are, well enough. Are you talking about this? Yeah. 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 So, so when you come on there, you can, you just can't see around that bend. You can't yield, yeah. Right. And there's, there's actually an even worse one. If you go to uh, west to uptown... When you're going westbound on 94 and you go northbound uh, or southbound on Hennepin. Oh, God. That you know what I'm talking awful. about? Yeah. In, the, in the Virginia Triangle there, yeah. 
Uh, as you go southbound on, yep. So see that swooper? It right. goes over the top there and then south? Nope. Or this, one, yeah. this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one you're on there now. And when you come up, that's a right yield Right here, there. it's a problem. Yeah. yeah. That's a yield. So yeah. that's a yield as well. And no one yields. And then it's actually the same thing on Lindale. Those, those are also yields uh, right to the, this, right there, right there. This that's, is a yield. That's right also a yield. And if you yield there, you will never. gridlock the freeway because <laughs> you will never go. Mm-hmm. That is a, um, what that is, is that it's a really beautiful road design let down <laughs> by a single sign design. Yeah, but um, they it's a disaster. This used to be a carousel. Shaking hands with danger. It used to be a danger, giant like roundabout danger. here and that was way better. If you look at historic photos, it made so much more sense as a carousel. So that kind of leads me, I'm sorry, I'm going to tangent actually relevantly into back to roundabouts. I want to talk about um, situations where intersections aren't necessarily retrofitted, but uh, like single lane each way roads versus two lane each way roads mm-hmm. where they put in a roundabout. Right. I oh, think the single yeah. lane each way, like no branders do it almost everywhere, but the double lane ones, mm-hmm. people are so dumb. They can't figure out what lane to be in for what. Because you get people coming in on the left lane right. and my then thing, smacking through on my, the right at the first with, intersection. My thing with roundabouts, this is the thing that just gets me about roundabouts, is everybody blames them on because people can't figure it out. And that's like saying, oh, well, the, the electric car sucks because people can't figure it out. How to plug it in? Yeah, I don't know how to plug it in. I don't know how the computer works. Like, how about you just get better at it, you fucking... But there are <laughs> generations of drivers who grew up, or who I guess trained, if you can call it that, without roundabout training, right? Well, that's their problem, part isn't it? It wasn't part of my driver's ed. No. And it might be now. It probably is We could now. ask Corey, but he's not here. Hey, how about... Here's one for you. Uh, pre-war belt. At one point, there were, there were generations of drivers that had never used an electric starter. Right. And they would just leave the starter on and just burn out the starter. People didn't blame electric starters for that. Oh. That's just a stupid person did. problem. Corey, was uh, roundabout usage in your driver's training? Yes, it was. He's asking, ask me what? So, since he's actually watching the stream, <laughs> let's just ask him. Why loser. is Corey not just here? He was supposed to go clothes shopping with Casey, but she was probably just late or something. No, it was not. And he was born in really? 1997, so his driver's training was very recent. I mean, it actually yeah. it, it dovetails pretty was. well with the yield sign because it's essentially the Did same thing. Did you say dovetail? Dovetail. That's excellent. Um, but anyway, there's another. <laughs> if you go to Portland and Albert, uh, that's uh, the roundabout near me. Just look for my place. Those are um, those. I'm not going to type your address in on the live. Well, just, the, just, just go to Snelling and the, look south and east. The thing is with roundabouts, if you actually get the driver's ed manual at the state, look gives for you. Idenal. There you go. If you look at the driver's head man at the state, gives you there are three pages West, on roundabouts. Right there. No zoom in. Oh, I know this one. Yes. Yeah. That was the one where they literally just put a roundabout in the middle of the right. street. Right, and so... Oh, those are stupid. This one. Well, you think they're stupid, but you're missing the point. Oh, oh, that. No, they actually, they actually changed the street. No, so, I'm talking about where they just make... Take a normal T intersection, they put a, like a pole no. in the center to make it into a roundabout. Well, I mean, it's the same idea. That's but essentially if, what they but did But if, if you zoom out a little bit, you'll see why they put this here. So if you look at Hamlin, the way the bridge comes over, it's a pinch point. Mm-hmm. So there's nowhere to turn right off of Hamlin until there. And so what that, oh. d- what that means is a lot of people Slows. are pouring yeah. through and quickly. And actually, can you street view that? I don't know if it uh, will show, but yeah. if you can, you'll see that the sight lines are pretty bad there because there's all these apartment buildings actually, that block I'm going to go a little bit further and then I'll... But anyway, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it. Delete um, it. How do you fix that? Oh, did the stream just die? No, no it he... took our camera away. <laughs> he doesn't know that's, where it went. That's the screen grab. Now just turn. You ruined um, it. 
It's gone forever. Really? Scott, Scott's using his camera to... There we go. We're back on, on. guys. Oh, no. Hold on. <laughs> Jenna's crying. Yeah. Jenna's yeah. crying. You the, are, the cameras are still working fine. You, you, you Window pr- capture. You, you properly... Really... Just... I don't like that this keyboard has a trackpad on it, and it will click every time you put your finger on it, even if you're dragging. <laughs> <laughs> so you see where I'm getting at. So my little okay, sister so here Julie, it is. Oh, yeah, those okay. are awful. <laughs> Let's hear about this. Uh, what so year did was, she do it? She was born in '98, and she got hurt. She well, that'd be the was, same as Corey. Yeah. So Wait, she was Corey born was in July, for though. B and Tupac. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but she was born in July, so she got driver's ed training a lot later than most most people her age and she says that she thinks that she learned round, about roundabouts in all right ed. all right one second cory is a year older and didn't so i'm right. gonna assume that one second can we just stop all this because no i need to tell you when you look at the driver's ed manual that you get from the state of minnesota that every single driver's ed class has to take there are three pages on roundabouts it is entirely Except- up to your garbage once it's entirely up to your garbage teacher to true. not treat, not <clears throat> right. teach that. If they don't teach that, you shouldn't be going to that class. That's like going to school not learning cursive. Like that's a but, thing. Sometimes they don't teach you that, but then the people that don't, aren't taught cursive are people that end up not going to college. Um, but I do know that my well worth it. <laughs> my dad, who lived so in great. New or who grew up in New Jersey, he knew everything about roundabouts like he learned how to drive because well, they've had roundabouts that's forever. the beauty of them though they're not very complicated and so with this one i drive this a lot so i'm familiar with it um the sight lines are poor so yeah. if this were well, if this were roundabout if this were not a uh, four-way stop which it could be and i would always submit that a roundabout of any kind is better than a four-way stop i agree this doesn't defend to me that much but it, it is tight so one of the re- one of the cool um parts of these is that if you're a school bus or a large vehicle what do you do you actually yeah. just turn left. You, you, you can cut. You don't have to go around. And so that's one of the nice things about the roundabout is if, if it's not a busy intersection, you can just short circuit and take the short way. Um, that one looks like it's been installed for quite some time. Yeah, it's got some nice, by the curbs. some nice greenery. Sometimes it gets a little overgrown and you can't see through, but that's kind of the point. <laughs> These are 30-mile-an-hour streets, and traditionally you can go nine over without being at risk. There's no patrol. But if you go 40 down these streets, you're being seriously reckless. And Negligent. So, uh, I also go 40 down these streets, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, you can. In your but Ferrari. At least. No, the Fiat. If you've got the right tires and you're paying attention, fine. But the lighting isn't great. What about that guy no, with that, the Mazda 3 that was behind us that one time? That, that's somewhere that I would never... I, I could not <laughs> get it in my ability to go above the speed limit. I would there. just much rather have this than the Eric's stoplight at 3rd and um, Maria. I would much rather have this. And I realize that's a two-lane road. That's a garbage stoplight. That's top to bottom. That's not like smart. Two... If it's gridded, it's poor. Right. It's That's one of the stoplights where every time I go, it's just moving out. I think about running it. And you have to look at that guy's like terrible Bronco, too, with like the terrible yeah. like blade on it. Yeah. And I forget what else he has in there. But, but... no, I, it's one of those things where it's like every time I'm there, I think about running it. And it's just like your sight line's just barely not good enough that you could yeah. comfortably run that light. Yeah. You could comfortably run that Some people light. do come up the third Kellogg Bridge a little fast, but... Yeah, that's, that's why the I thing. love the Vespa. You can legally run those things if it's safe, basically, so... Oh, oh look at that cow path. Look at that dirt. I also call them desire paths down that green patch there. 
Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. It's called a desire path where people just look hate at that, something so much that it becomes look at a the path. E- yep. Look at that ethereal school bus. <laughs> right? It's like a hologram. <laughs> but yeah, this stoplight's really, really. That shouldn't. And even so, though it's a two lane both ways. Actually, two lane from one direction and one lane from the other. Can you open a new tab and uh, look, uh, look up four to three road diet? Because I actually think that would be a great candidate for third. And basically, what you do is you take two lanes each way, like horrible Dale Street, and then you yeah. give it one lane each way, and then you put a center turn lane. Scroll down, there might be something in there. Like for photos. Maybe I should just go image search? Yeah, oh, the, the middle one right there is good. I mean, can you make, make it bigger? bigger? Yeah. So the idea here is you take a terrible four lane road. Um, <laughs> I hate you, responsive design. <laughs> That's good enough. That's good enough. So the idea is you take a giant road like that, and like Dale Street, oh god, what a disaster. Um, and what you do is you take one lane out of each direction, but then you create a giant turn lane in the middle. And you've probably seen this before. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's a great and, design. I and it actually that. creates a smoother flow. Uh, and you leave space for bike lanes. and This would be parking, a really good fit for... What's the road coming up? Street. The, uh, third. the Third Street? The yeah, Third, third Street, street Bridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, this would be that a would great be so much better. So, I mean, I'm... I very much support those because they, they create... The left left turns are so unpredictable. Like Hamlin, I take a lot. You guys, Eric's taken that a few times. But it's a no turn on red intersection, uh, and there's no green arrow to go left. And there's a bunch of pedestrians that block turning, and yep. it just creates this terrible gridlock. Whereas if you had the queued up left turn, then you could just go straight through without mm-hmm. worrying about that. So Yeah, the left turn is what this, this is This is a very trendy, uh, it's a trend in road design, and, and uh, people very vehemently fight the road diet because they're like, well, why would I lose lanes? But they're, they're forgetting that the left turn, people are creating this like... They're blocking an entire lane. The yeah. speed differential is very dangerous. If you're they're... crossing a street, one person stops, the other person's like, well, why are you stopping? They speed around them, splatter you. Um, it's really bad. Um, oh, so it, it's it's one of those. Um, it's one of those things where it's like that is the equivalent of that is the street design equivalent of a really tightly wound four cylinder. <laughs> everybody with a V8, everybody with a V8, C comes full circle. Yep, every, ladies and everybody gentlemen. with a V8 does not understand it, but it's just better. To it quote did. the Grand Tour, a, a wet V8. Yeah, a wet V8. Wet. <laughs> just like a really like. You know, a really underpowered, restricted V8 yeah, sound? Just, it's a, a wet V8. Like a, like like a Cadillac 49? Yeah, yeah, there's no sharp noise coming from that engine. I, I really like that term. Like, it just sounds wet, and it's just like... A slow, lazy, wet V8. That is a really good description. It's just like, it's just... You know exactly what you're talking like about. Like lazy revving and not fuel efficient and doesn't do anything. The C3 Corvette L88. The, the only thing that fuel can be doing is leaving that exhaust unburnt. <laughs> like, it's just wet. Or Washing past the rings into the engine oil. I love that term. I'm going to use that. Like That's great. <laughs> so, All right. Let's move on to speed limits. Uh, basically, city versus highway versus interstate. So right now, we kind of have the statutory limits actually, on all these kinds of things. No. No. I just want to... No. The episode's getting too long. We yeah, can't he's, handle he's a Ryan tangent. He's interjecting a lot here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No more tangents. I'm just really interested in I this. know, Ryan, which is fine. We like that. That's... You know, that's why you're here, but we also have to finish this episode. You don't so, have to get through all the content. Either. No, that's fine. I just want to touch on this one, and that's probably all we can really realistically cover, other than maybe touching on the uh, beginner's guide to the winter tire treatment. Oh, right. Let's do um, but, okay, so we have the, the statutory stuff where we see a lot of 30s, we see a lot of, yeah. like, 45s and intermediates, a lot of 55. 
And 55 seems like it's kind of switching to 60 in a lot of areas for us. And then interstate, which is largely ones, yeah. 65, but we get as high as 75, 80 in other parts of the country. So what this is basically asking, and we lightly touched on this topic that you put in mm -hmm. actually a couple of episodes ago, where would you trade yep. lower in-speed limits for higher oh, interstate limits? But since he's actually long. here, I and I'm like to obviously it what I'm suggesting is yes, we should <laughs> we should slow down the city streets because that's where people are who aren't in cars, right? Yeah. And they don't have headlights on, and you know. People on 94 don't have headlights on anyway, but that's a different issue. Well, pedestrians should wear headlights. <laughs> so I was, I had an idea. And that's dangerous. A way to introduce no speed limits in the United States. No. But no, no, listen, listen, this is my logic. Government shutdown? Yes, government shutdown. No, <laughs> no, no. We need to bring the Avon time in now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Cock, cock so, it and float it. So my. We uh, died of dysentery. My, my logic is. You know how they have the they have the meters like say like how many cars drive through a certain mm -hmm. street. Yeah, one of those yeah. pneumatic tubes are if commonly you, used. I, those are super I would cool. say if you have a road where you have less than say twenty cars per hour, you have more than two Fewer lanes. Than. At, yeah, whatever. Right. You have more. You have more than two lanes <laughs> going each direction. So I, very very minor rural. Very type road. very minor like rural interstates really. And is that like yeah. a, a a day wide? Throughout like a average? day. Throughout a day. Because, yes. I mean, a, a lot of roads are like that, even in populated areas yeah, at, like, I, 2 a.m. I think for a, 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 with, within, <laughs> within daylight average. Actually, you live in a cul-de-sac. And it has, to be, it has to either be a highway or an interstate. Right. I think those should be eligible for no speed limit. What about driveways? What about no, people walking no, their dogs? No, no driveways. That's just a highway or – oh, I guess a highway would have a – you could, could potentially. Some so, right. highways look like residential streets with mailboxes so, no, and uh, driveways. No, rail. Yeah. <laughs> no, so like an actual like interstate-style highway where it's actually separated. So you're talking access-controlled. Access-controlled street. That's an important yes. distinction to make. Yes, thank you. That's what I wanted <clears throat> to talk about now. But uh, access-controlled street, mm -hmm. uh, that would be a really good candidate because there's a lot of those in like northern Minnesota. I'm just thinking of like my drive from Minneapolis to like the middle of nowhere southwest Minnesota and I tend to Chain drive no, no like like, like Pipestone. almost oh. south Dakota like yeah. <laughs> just like really really Worthington out there. Ugh. Laverne it, uh, <laughs> it's an hour oh, outside Wyndham. of Tracy <laughs> It's called the Lakes, Minnesota. Hmm. Look it hey, up. Put it up like on a, the Google Maps. <laughs> sounds like uh, a private community. Look up MU003 or MU21003 and it'll show you exactly. MU21003. Yeah. Look it up in maps. China That's Eastern Airlines. Yeah. Maps. I could see flying that. Alright, let me go over there you to. Go. Um, I can't yeah. find it. Okay, do uh, one uh, Deer Path Road. The lakes minnesota is that the only like registered address in the entire town or sandbar actually do sandbar not too bad i already that. hit the thing is that is that it no by do... grand rapids cohasset do uh Ooh, sandbar road no. so anyway my what are, what are we while, while we're trying uh, to Jana, come over here and type it on yeah the i'll do that but anywho what i'm saying is i like i like to go over the speed limit but there's all these farm trucks and tractors that pull out in front and of that, me. And that's why I say do it on an access-controlled street. However, I wasn't quite done. <laughs> I, know, I, I know, Jade. That's why I said that. I, I wanted to say uh, during daylight hours. Mm, yes. 
That's the thing. So during daylight hours, and access controlled, uh, yeah, weather dependent, mm-hmm. and you have super low levels of people. Yeah, no speed limit because that's I mean, just. I mean, aggravating. you won't hear any complaints from us. I mean, uh, oh, that looks nice. The- Surrounded by water, certainly. Yeah. Go to the satellite view. I'm finna. I'm finna. Yeah, there's nothing to look at. But, I mean, they, they have variable speed limits. I think it was ah. Europe in general. I think France and I had more experience with, but they would go from 110 to 130 on the interstates based kilometers. on race. Kilometers per yes, hour. Yeah, sorry, in kilometers, which motor uh, this podcast think, always um, uses. Yes. So when you say you're going 100, you really mean you're going 62 miles an Exactly. Hour. You know, actually, I think... <clears throat> we would I, never break the law. I want confirmation on this. I feel like Chicago does that, actually. Kilometers per hour? No, no. <laughs> where they'll they'll have a they'll, very they'll have they'll have a uh, weather dependent speed, where it's like well, if I like it's, the digital speed limit signs in Europe, which are yeah, weather sure and hour make of day. Perfect sense. I, I mean, MinDot yeah. is watching us like Big Brother anyway, so why not? License plate scanners. Yeah, how about we put digital speed limit signs? But then they'll you. slow us down to forty five in the freeway when we have winter tires. Yes, but if you ridiculously reduce a speed limit, the compliance will go away. Yeah. For people actually obeying the speed limit, and then the enforcement will also typically reduce. So a lower speed limit isn't necessarily a bad thing because everyone finds it ridiculous. And then a new arbitrary amount of speed. Right now it's ten over. Yeah. Pretty much right. every police officer you talk to, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna cite you for ten over. Yeah, what well, do you so like, right. mess up all traffic like and piss off half of the state? Interstates to fifty-five, you would not get ticketed for seventy-five. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, they did that. Then the oil embargo? They, they, yeah. they literally did that, and it didn't work very well. There's Like when BMWs had a red line on 55 because you... It wasn't was just BMW, that's like everyone. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Toyota on the A86, you had an optional speed uh, uh, <laughs> speed alarm where if you went over 55 miles an hour, it goes, bing, bing, bing. I wish it was like the uh, 80s Nissan, bing, the, 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 the door chime that bing. was actually like a little music box. Yes. And it sounded super cool. Or be like, question are we on? Person? We should wrap this one up yeah. so we can get to the We've been tire. hopping all over, so let's hop to the winter tires. Yeah, let's do it. So, beginner's guide to buying the best winter tires for your particular vehicle. Well, I don't think it necessarily is the best. It's the appropriate. The best fit. So, I have a friend. Uh, her name is Kemte. She's down in Kansas City. They Hi, got, Kemte. They've gotten way more um, snow than we have this year. I mean, they got, a, I think, in a single storm, they got 10 inches or something crazy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she's like, um, she's got a Subaru manual uh, Hatchback non WRX from Impreza. Yep, Impreza 0809. That was literally the first question I asked Kempte. (laughs) Do you drive manual? And she said yes, and then we high fived. That was it. Anyway, so she's looking to get uh, snow tires, and she's originally from snow tires on a Subaru. She's trying to go to the Arctic. Well, that's not the point. The point is, she's thinking about it. So let's let's give somebody a guide, and people are intimidated. Okay, so Kansas City. That's a good piece of information. They do get snow, but it's not a consistent heavy snowfall it'll, every year. It'll be wet we, snow. We have been to Waffle House with a pack of at least an inch of hard snow yeah. under our feet. Or at least so I have. It, I have it'll not. be. It'll I be. Who was with me? But it will be the wet snow when it falls, though, because it's a warmer climate than Minnesota. And it depends. I'd imagine probably wet. Why just the big? It gets cold there. I've been there and it was 15, 15 degrees. It oh. gets cold. You know what I mean? As opposed to Minnesota, where it's like currently maybe seven depending on how hard the wind's blowing um <laughs> but you know with that I, i'd probably say something that's got like just huge tread depth i mean no 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 you're 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 into the weeds we're talking basics here we're talking a person who okay. likes driving 
but maybe isn't like connected, maybe isn't listening so, to these types of podcasts, frankly. Well, but if you are, so um, I, I, for her, I would recommend honestly probably uh, the Subaru. I'm not sure if they make that a VRG3. Yeah. But you're getting into the size. details of the of the specific tire. I don't think that that is what's uh, I think so it, germane I think it to her issue. The, the, she needs to get a set of wheels. First of all, does she get a second set of wheels or not? Yes. This all plays into it, though. Okay, it, It's ahead. cost and like how much of the time she's actually driving below 45 degrees in a year. And right. then also, I mean, like if you buy General Ultimax Arctics, you're going to significantly reduce your steering feel and your handling ability in the dry above 45. Right. And they're also going to wear out a lot quicker. So I would honestly recommend one of those tires like the WRG3 or the Michelin Pilot Alpine or the Dunlop Wintersport D3 just because they have stiffer sidewalls, they have a little bit less winter-prone compounds, and so you're, you're going to give a little bit of a trade-off. You're not going to be throwing it out at 730 seconds you know, 12 years later. Exactly. But, they're still going to be pretty functional, but they're way more expensive, so that's kind of the problem. I was thinking, like, low cost is paramount. For her, I would recommend Winter Forces, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Winter Forces? I've had no problem Good with on those. snow, terrible on ice. They're yeah. still very good on ice compared I'm to an all-season. They're I've, siped, but they're straight sipes. I understand. So, yeah. They're way worse than the General Ultimax Arctic, yeah. but they're still better than an all-season, and they wear really well. I'm totally okay with Winter Forces, you know, as a tire. They're fine. Um... I will say, though, what you would want to do is get them in a thinner contact patch. And right. then, yeah, do a separate wheel. With so white rally style, um, what's it, OZ wheels or whatever? No, right. <laughs> what do you even do that? The, just get uh, the some... Sparco, whatever they are. No, just, just get, Sparco, yeah. get some, like, some $60 a wheel diamond racing, you know, 15 by 7s. So would you, I, would I, I was advocating yeah, for steel that's wheels. I, that's what I said, diamond racing. But then I realized oh, that, like, for a, and this is a specifically tailored Junkyard. question to a person look, who is not really likely cool to go and buy things on Craigslist. Oh, so if she's not going to go to a junkyard well, and buy used no, wheels? No, so that's that's a thing. If you buy diamond racings, because that'll be a, a perfectly fit steel wheel. They get the smallest to fit over your brakes, right? Yep. If and you're right. buying new, to get them small. If you look up Diamond Racing, the I'm brand, I'm not doing but that. No, they, look, they make, know what steel they, like. they, No, they they make steel wheels for like racing applications and stuff. They make custom sized steel wheels. But they're really affordable. You can get a full set of wheels for like three hundred bucks, and they're really nice. They're the exact. I thought the size retail on Steelys was usually about fifty a pop. So where's the next hundred coming from? It, that that's if you want to get like a really specific size and like mm-hmm. like lug pattern. But I think that's most important about that is you can get whatever lug pattern you want. So like I would with, just look up Subaru Impreza on Craigslist, buy a cheap set of wheels and tires, rip the old tires off, yep. and get brand new but Winter she, Force. You, you just said she doesn't want to go on Craigslist though. Well. I mean, she, she's she, she's not the type of person, in my opinion, that would necessarily do that as their first avenue. Okay. But well, if it's a reasonable, easy enough thing to work into a day, I bet she would. Especially yeah, if it's half fine. the price. To be honest, you but get... Discount Tire, for instance, or Tire Rack. I think Tire yeah. Rack is the optimum for her. They both sell really cheap steel wheel options. Right. Perfect. You usually have to call and order them online or uh, on the phone, not online. <laughs> God. But they, they hello. Is this the internet? <laughs> and another thing is, does Speaking. her does her Impreza have um, tire pressure monitor sensors, or is it wheel speed? What years are Impreza? I'm guessing in 0708 somewhere in there. Yeah, so it does have TPMS it's sensor hatch, though. It's the hatch era or wheel speed. Well, you what you can do. And it's a 2.5 base. This to be. This is something you can easily do when you. But have... I want to generalize it to people who aren't driving Imprezas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, say you're listening and you have no idea how. To so buy if you tires. if you have. 
if, if you have TPMS sensors in your car, what you can do is you can just take all four of them. TPM sensors? And you can just throw them into... Air pressure monitoring system sensors. Oh, okay. What he said is correct. Okay. Yeah, Thank so you. <laughs> you can actually take those and you can just throw them into the spare tire. Like all oh, okay. four of them. You just because all they need is they're just there's barometer. Oh, that's a good little. Uh, they're just barometers. That's, well, that's all they are. No, but they're still sensing pressure though because they're going to read. But zero he's saying PSI if you put them the all spare. in the spare tire, then it's like good. in the spare tire itself. Oh, so you're saying like drill another hole in the wheel? No, like, like you the... fit them inside. Like you, you literally put them in the tire. You literally <laughs> throw them in the tire. It works. We. I do and that if you need a spare. Like, what's that rattling? Sound? I do that all the time. They're at clickety work. clacks. Well, no, it's all right. So the, no, the thing is, that's a pretty good little tidbit. I like with, that. With a lot of these cars that have life old, hack, yeah, I've seen with, people build little like PVC pipe bomb looking things that are pressurized to thirty two psi and just leave yeah, them in the just, car. Yeah, you just throw them in there. But, yeah, that that actually works. Like, and that's all. We have a lot of customers that do that with their winter tires because they don't want to pay the extra like hour or whatever it is to like program their. TPMS so, sensors on their A6. I mean, with the Fiat, we've both driven Fiats with no TPMS, and it just gives you a, a warning light. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. that's fine. And, yeah. you just, and you just get used to it. Is there anything more that can if happen? You, so if you have some cars with like adaptive cruise control and stuff, they mm-hmm. will put that into account. I had an A8 that was in on Friday. Um, that's too bad. That had a... They hit a semi-truck tire and blew out a tire, and they... It, it was three thousand dollars worth of repairs. Oh, it's an A8, yeah, just b- breathing on it. Because the the tire barely <laughs> Your timing chains affected. The, ah. the tire barely touched the le, the driver's side adaptive cruise control camera, which Audi. There are it, multiple. Yeah, they, they seem really? bifocal. That's how they actually get depth perception. Okay, but um, Audi in their infinite wisdom decided to mount them on the bumper instead of behind the rearview mirror like Subaru did. So Subaru, there you go, plus one over right. Audi. Um, but yeah, so they knocked out a $2,000 camera and then they, yeah, they also, uh, blew out their tire. So it was a Pirelli. So it was like a $300 tire repair. Um, but what was most interesting about that is this, the cruise control camera we found out like three hours later was also an issue, but initially the adaptive cruise control wouldn't work because the TPMS sensor wasn't, uh, wasn't reading the correct So is adaptive cruise tire. not just laser? No. A radar, I mean? No. It, 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 it uses optical it, sensors as well? Yeah, it uses an optical sensor, but hmm. it depends on the brand. But hmm. with Audi and Subaru, they use an optical sensor. Hmm. But what's interesting is some of them do reference your tire pressure to gain to gauge what your the speed, speed is. Oh, okay. Yeah, because well, because if you think about a deflated tire... RPM with the compensation for yeah, the TPM. Yeah, the, the, TPM a, is generally based on the RPMs yeah. for speed, right? A, defla- a deflated uh, tire will have a slightly lower circumference right. and will actually change the speed. And Thanks, Obama. It, and to be fair, I mean, you're looking at it. I get why they do that because if somebody gets a, you know, a one-over ticket because of some dickbag cop in Montana, like they're <laughs> totally suing Audi because if you had your car set to 55, you're going 56 because your tire was like at 32 PSI instead of 33, then yeah, I would be pretty pissed. I get what you're saying, but that is an unreasonable arbitrary circumstance nobody has ever been cited from one i know but that's still like i it, like I in the it. legal world that makes sense because it. it's like the it's like the uh having to put caution contents hot but that's also on, why like, the warning labels yeah. that's like also grill. why they give yeah. you 10 over the speed limit is because there's margin of error there's yeah. tire size differential like bmw's notoriously yeah. read high which you'd think would help but anyway some cars it's do not that. as bad as the ferrari things like six or seven miles an hour over Dang. wow yeah anyway 
We should probably cut it off just in the interest of an hour and a half podcast. But um, thank you very much, Scott, for joining us finally. Scott. <laughs> yeah, Scott, thank you very much. Yeah, this has been a very interesting it's episode. I've been more into all this of the blood vessels in my brain are functioning perfectly right now. Yeah. Lots re- of mental. I'm ready for the that, next so. episode. You can just figure. We could just like be awesome. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much for listening, guys. We will catch you on Wednesday. Bye. Bye. What about Peyton?